0: Like Bob on Facebook at facebook.com/slash Bob Bernie
1: Live. Once again, it is my privilege, my honor, my delight to welcome a dear friend to the program. He is my dear friend, and he's the dear friend of many of you because many of you are his patients and have gotten incredible help. Dr. Kerry Gergis from Back Pain Relief, Ohio. Dr. Gerges, welcome, and thank you for coming in. Thank you very much, and I'm glad to be here. Well, it is always a delight, and I, I know I've said this so many times, and I apologize for being repetitious, but every time I'm around you, I learn so much. Um, and I learn from you, too. <laughs> yeah, things not to do. <laughs> um In looking on Facebook, in looking other places, in fact, in driving around, Terry Gerges, everywhere I look, I am seeing decompression therapy. Mm -hmm. When I first met you, I had never heard of decompression therapy. Nobody was talking about it. And now it's everywhere. True, Uh, And I'm sure in some ways that's a good thing. But I'm also learning, and I want my listeners to learn this, not everything that is advertised decompression therapy is actually decompression therapy. Am I correct Correct. in that? Correct, absolutely. And much of it is nothing more than traction? Yeah. Yeah. What is the difference between traction and decompression therapy? Well, see,
2: decompression has become a buzzword because it does work. And as a result, people are seeking the decompression because they know it works. They heard about it, and they maybe read about it. And a lot of uh, practitioners and uh, uh, doctors or physical therapists or people who are in the field to be able to do this are caught on to that phrase word, that buzzword. Mm -hmm. And uh, but... They, there's a misconception between what is really true decompression versus traction. And the majority of people think traction is decompression. That's in the medical field, in the chiropractic field, the, the therapy field. Uh, those are, they think it's the same, synonymous, but it's not. Those are two different sciences. The The, the traction is a linear force that pulls on the body to create a stretching of the muscle and allows the muscles to relax. To to with 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 repetitive repetitive motions or pulling mm-hmm. on it that allows the muscle to calm down, relax, and the patient will feel some relief. That is in the case of a patient that has muscle spasm. But decompression is a modality that is created by a neurosurgeon, Dr. Alan Dyer, who's uh, who got it pre, uh, uh, authorized or uh, cleared by the FDA back in 1995. It's, a, it's a, not a chiropractic device, it's a medical device. And he started, it was called a VAXD vertebral axial decompression equipment. And the FDA cleared that information, that, that equipment, to be able to do the decompression of the bulging disc, the herniated disc, degenerative disc, stenosis, any disruption at the disk, any of those functions, it has to actually, the, 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 the FDA clearly say that this equipment will do these things based on research, documentation, and ample information. A lot of write-ups from major uh, uh, bandwagon thought the same decompression equipment are the same as the traction because they both pull. But it's a different pull. The uh, decompression equipment It holds the muscles reaction so that when the muscles, when you pull on it, if the muscles tightens up, the machine actually relaxes, lets go and calms the muscle to allow the muscles to relax. And by enabling the muscles to relax enough to be able to separate the vertebrae apart, creating what we call a negative pressure, a suction, a vacuum effect inside the disc that will draw fluids, nutrients, and oxygen back into the disc. And, and traction does not it does do not. that. It does the opposite. Because when you, create a tra- when you put a person in traction and you pull on them, the muscles automatically guard and contract. When they contract, they increase the pressure in the disc, causing the bulge wow. to even become worse.
1: So one of our listeners then, you know the old adage, buyer beware, I think we could change that to be patient beware. So it is possible that one of our listeners could go to a practitioner mm-hmm. and actually be told that they're getting decompression therapy, right? and they're just getting traction, which could cause more harm than good. Correct. Is that correct? Correct. They, they, it's
2: not the fault of the practitioner, because the practitioner is actually misled by the Salesman who sold them the equipment. That's exactly what happened to me in the beginning when I first was thinking about decompression. Uh, a salesman told me about the table, which is a traction table. He said, "Oh, you can do decompression. This is how much force you use on him, and how much you, how much time do you spend on it?" And it didn't sound right because how could a salesman teach me how to treat a patient for a serious condition that is very very important. And and so that's when I began my search and tried to find out what is going on. How do I get a true decompression training? And that's when I called Dr. Alan Dyer, yeah. who's the inventor of that.
1: So is it, is it correct then that we're seeing many, many people advertising decompression therapy, but in reality, there are very, very few here in the state of Ohio that are actually certified in spinal decompression therapy. And if I understand correctly, you were the first physician in the state of Ohio to be certified, correct? Correct. Correct. And is it true that you have been certified by three major universities in spinal decompression therapy? Correct. Correct. That is true. Is is it also true (laughs) that you train others in spinal decompression therapy? That is also correct. And is it also correct that you are continually getting more training to hone your skills yes. in this very, very specific kind of modality to help people? Yes, absolutely,
2: because you can't stop by just because you're, you heard about it or you learned about it one time. This is something that takes a lot of experience, a lot of research, a lot of reading What is what is new, what is up to date improving your skills and knowing to do what's the best thing for the patient to get the best outcome in the shortest period of time. And that is critical. And a lot of doctors, it's not, it's really, I really don't fault them. And many of them are honest and sincere, and yeah. they're trying to do their good job. They really care about the patient, and they want to do the right thing. It's just they don't either have the right equipment or the right training or the right certification to and to really help them do the right thing. And if they do, I mean, the, the, the knowledge is available. It's just a matter yeah. of getting the right, right uh, modality. So, and, so
1: we're and not doctor. trying to cast shade on other practitioners, chiropractors, medical doctors, or anything like that. But we are trying to warn our listeners, if you're seeking real spinal decompression therapy, please do your research Do your homework, make sure the person is certified like Dr. Kerry Gerges at Back
2: Pain Relief, Ohio. And also the the equipment itself that they're using, if they even have to do go to the, the FDA site and look put those equipment on that and ask and and request the information about what is the intended use of that piece of equipment, and uh. would tell you whether it's detraction, distraction, or traction or decompression. They're two different animals. They do different codes, and so they all they have to do is ask that question. But too many people they trust their their practitioner that of they're course, working with. Of course, sure. And and there it's it's either the doctor doesn't really know or. The patient doesn't know, and in in that case, it's not fair to the patient to try something that will not work and or actually hurt them.
1: Yeah, and I don't know about others, but I know that Dr. Kerry Gerges is the real deal when it comes to this important therapy that is thoroughly scientific, correct? Yes, Yes. It is not a chiropractic device. This is a medical device. Correct. But it's all natural. That's right. All right. Listen, folks, call now, 614-890-3500, and set up your consultation with Dr. Carrie Gergis 614-890-3500, or go to the website, BackPainReliefOhio.com. Go there now, BackPainReliefOhio.com. Dr. Carrie Gerges, thank you again. Can't wait until we talk again. Thank you.
0: Follow Bob on Twitter at twitter.com slash live.
1: I've said this before, but it's true. It is getting harder and harder to write parody because reality is becoming so strange, so weird, so bizarre that reality so often seems like a parody. It's becoming more and more difficult to discern between the real and the parody The because reality is becoming so bizarre. Here is the latest illustration. I saw this on a reputable news site just a few minutes ago. It was one of those times that during the uh, commercial break, I checked out some websites and so forth, and I came across this. And as happens, as it happens, more and more frequently, I thought, no, 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 this cannot be a story. This has got to be satire. This is, this has got to be a parody. And then I read through, and it's true. It's not a parody. Let me read. Let me read the headline to you. Are you ready for this? Here it is. LGBT activists are pushing to bar anthropologists from identifying human remains as male or female, arguing that scientists cannot know how an ancient individual identified Themselves. Did you, did you get the gist of that? Anthropologists can find a skeleton that is 100 years old, 1,000 years old, 2,000 years old, 3,000 years old. And no matter what the age is, you can usually test the DNA, do some lab work, and you can determine whether that skeleton is a male or a female. And since the beginning of modern anthropology, this has been standard procedure. You find bones, you find a skeleton, you find human remains, and there are ways to determine the um, the bones in the pelvic area, uh, I, I, hey, I'm not an anthropologist, never even played one on TV, but there are many ways, as well as DNA, to determine whether that individual was a male or a female. And in their report, they'll say, uh, uh, this skeleton, this bone, belonged to a... A male, approximately twenty-five years old, uh, five foot six inches tall. I mean, they can derive all kinds of things out of study concerning the bones, but one of the one of the most important is male or female. Well, the radical LGBT activists. We can call them the gay mafia. They are demanding that anthropologists no longer report whether those bones are male or female. Why? Well, let me read it to you again. Scientists cannot know how an ancient individual identified themselves. So even though The anatomical structure is male. The DNA is male. The results of the tests and analysis conclusively indicate these bones belong to a male. It is possible, according to the LGBTQIA plus activists, well, we don't know. That male, 3,000 years ago, might have identified himself as a female, are they really that insane that they really believe that the insanity that we are experiencing today, males identifying as females, females identifying as males, are they really that insane to believe that this practice goes back centuries Thousands of years? Yes. They actually believe that. Uh, Is there any scientific evidence? No. Mm -mm, No, 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 not a shred. Of course, there is no scientific evidence that transgenderism exists, but science, facts, truth, evidence doesn't mean anything to the liberal left. It's feelings and emotion and, of course, hysteria. Yeah, one of the uh, anthropologists took to Twitter to point out, quote, transgender individuals can't escape their sex. And because it's physically impossible to change one's sex, but because archaeologists who find their bones one day will assign you the same gender as you had at birth this is wrong so so in other words if an archaeologist follows scientific fact settled science they're wrong because they don't know the emotional con- condition of the individual in the bones. And no, I'm not making this up. They're demanding that no longer archaeologists identify bones or complete skeletons by gender, male or female. Because there is a one in one million chance that that male might have identified as female. This is the state of the radical left today. Insanity.